Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 152, From Victimhood to Victory, How Jamie Beat PCOS and Endo to Have Her Baby. Ah, my loves, I am just so freaking excited to be here with you this week. And sometimes it blows me away when I think about my ladies. I mean, and I know I like brag about them all the time. And I just I just have so much love for them, so much respect for them. You know, sometimes I have to pinch myself and I'm in my office and I think that I get to spend time daily with truly some of the most extraordinary women I have ever had the good fortune of spending time with. Like I pinch myself because think about it. Think about some people may call what what I do being a fertility coach. I, I, I'm not so sure it's just that. I think it's bigger than that because these women aren't just having babies. These women are changing their lives and as a result, changing the lives of people around them and women they may never actually meet. They go on to get raises, start businesses, you know, innovate in their industries. It's just insane what happens when a woman opens up this fearless part of herself. She's no longer a statistic. She becomes an outlier in the best possible way. And when you meet Jamie, you're going to see how this brave, courageous, lovably type A go-getter like so many of my ladies are, really had the foresight that when she got on her journey and she was diagnosed with PCOS, endo, you know, her period was all over the place, she could have just fell into overwhelm. And she's honest, she was in a pretty dark place and and was going all over the map when it came to what she thought was possible for her. But what really made a difference and what I really want to honor here, as I always honor with the women that I work with, is they had the foresight to realize that that mindset was not going to fucking get them anywhere. And she made a decision she was not going to let her mindset be the weak link. There was too much at stake for that. She wasn't going to take that risk. She learned to think, believe, and take action like a woman who succeeds on this journey. And you got to listen to the full interview, sisters, because she's got a doozy for me. And when she drops that bomb, I'm telling you that you won't be able to wipe the smile off your face. So here is my conversation with my beloved, Jamie. And I'm, oh, I am so excited to dig into this with you. (laughs) I'm excited to be here because I've got some news for you too. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Well, we'll just let, we'll just go right into it, love. So why don't you start off by telling us, how did you find yourself on this journey? Yeah. So my husband and I got married in 2017. We were both 31. And 
you know, we obviously wanted a couple of years to enjoy our marriage. And we did that. Finally, in 2019, I was like, okay, I think, you know, we had the talk, like, I think we're ready to start a family. So I went off my birth control in April, 2019. And I don't think I got my period for like two and a half months. And I was, I'm like, wow, that is so weird. But I'm like, I had been on birth control for 16 or 17 years at that point. So I was like, okay, maybe it's just my body trying to reset. You know, I wasn't super concerned. But then my next period was about 70 days after that. And it was like, and so I started tracking it and the days got shorter in between, but they were still like, I mean, we're still talking like two months in between. And so, you know, between April, 2019 and December 2019, I probably had like three or four periods. And I was like, okay, this is clearly something is going on. So I had my yearly exam coming up. I went to that in January, told them what was going on. And um, so they did some blood work and they, the test came back and she goes, I think you might have PCOS. And I was like, well, fabulous. Like, <laughs> what do I do now? Like, what? Yeah. like I, you know, I don't typically fit the mold for what the typical PCOS woman has. So it came out of left field for me. So we tried some rounds of Clomid and all that did was just mess with my emotions. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly it didn't work. So we tried three rounds of that and I was like, okay, I give up. My OB was not super helpful in the PCOS field. So they didn't really recommend me to go anywhere or do anything further. So now we're into the pandemic. We're into 2020. And I find a friend of mine who actually works with women specifically who have PCOS and endometriosis. So I reach out to her. I get put on a bunch of different medications. I get put on metformin. I get put on a thyroid medication. I get put on progesterone in hopes that this cocktail of medications will somehow reset my hormones and be a baby. (laughs) So I do that and, you know, Still nothing's working. In the meantime, throughout all of this, I find your podcast. I think I found you on Facebook somewhere. I think I found like your ad somewhere. And I was like, okay, let me listen to what this woman has. And I was immediately hooked because you speak my language. Like, you know, a lot of four letter words. Yes. Like you curse like a sailor. And I absolutely am here for that. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I like immediately connected with you. And after a while, I was like, I need to reach out. I need to see what this program is about. And I need to see if this will help me. Because at this point, now, you know, it's been uh, like a full year since, you know, I had gone off birth control and all of these crazy things are happening. And I am in the pit of victim mode. I am like, like, you know, every birth announcement, every pregnancy announcement, I'm like upset. I am like, why isn't this me? It, it was like all about me. And it even got to the point where it was like affecting my everyday life. You know, somebody would go on vacation and I would be like, well, why didn't we go? I'm like, I don't even want to go where they're going. Like, yeah. why, why am I playing the victim? So I knew I was in a bad headspace at this point. So I reached out to you and I started your program, which is like, 
the best thing I, I could have done at this point because, you know, I was at, you know, I started your program in October, 2020. And I was like, this will take me to the end of the year. And it was a good point for, like, I told my husband, I was like, we need to like take a break from trying. I need to get in the right headspace and just like reset my mental capacity. And then we start again in 2021. And so, yeah. So then like I did your program and I just felt like this, like this whole new woman. And um, yeah, I fast forward, we'll fast forward a few months. I ended up going to fertility clinic. We tried letrozole. So we tried a natural cycle. It worked in the aspect that I ovulated on it, but didn't produce a baby. So I was like, clearly I can ovulate and I can produce a lot of eggs. And, but I was like, something else isn't matching up. So then we got into IVF. And at this point, I was like very iffy about IVF because I really thought that I could do this on my own, do this naturally. Like this can happen for us. And it was one of your podcasts. It was another interview you did with a woman who said that her first round of IVF failed, but she wasn't in the right headspace. And she didn't fully accept the help that she needed for IVF. Mm -hmm. And it was like the perfect timing that I heard this because I was just on the brink of deciding like, do I want to actually go this route? And I heard it and I was like, this is what I needed to hear. Yeah, (laughs) Everything happens for a reason. I needed to hear it. And I was like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And um, it worked. So I, I surrendered to the, to what needed to happen. And it worked. It sure did. It sure did. <laughs> well, so, so let's back up the bus a little bit. Yeah. Because I think it's really interesting to find out what made you, aside from, you know, speaking like a longshoreman, but like, what was it that made you want to take a look at your mindset? Because most women, you know, when you're faced with things like PCOS, like you're talking about, it sounds like the solution is so clearly medication and everything else. Like what made you want to look at this piece? Because it's so often overlooked. Yeah, I completely agree. So I have done mindset work in the past. I've done some like entrepreneurial things in my past life a few years ago. And so I knew that mindset is a huge, a huge thing. And like you said, it is overlooked so much. And like most women don't do the mindset portion of whatever they're going through. And I think it's so important because like you attract what you put out there. And if your mindset, if you're not in the right headspace, then you're going to attract everything that you don't want. You're going to, you know, if I say to myself, like, I can't get pregnant naturally, like everybody else can do it but me. I'm going to attract that. And then I'm going to validate those feelings that I have. And I didn't, clearly I didn't want that. Like the end goal was to have a baby. So I was like, and, you know, I've learned to recognize when I'm in a bad headspace, you know, like when I sat back and realized like, I am playing the victim, not only in like the pregnancy part of my life, but in like every part of my life right now, I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of this headspace. And sometimes like, you can't do it on your own. Like sometimes, you know, at least I can sit here and say, I recognize it, but I needed help to get out and I didn't know how. 
Yeah. And, you know, I give you so much credit, woman, not just because you're a badass, but it takes a lot of grit and a lot of self-awareness to admit that you're in victimhood, you know, because a lot of people don't even want to look at their role in the bullshit that they create in their lives. You know, right. They don't want to look at that. So talk to me about like, what was that like for you? Because you knew had having listened to the podcast before doing this program, you knew that victimhood would not be tolerated. Absolutely not. Not tolerated. But I knew like I needed the accountability to stay out of it because it's not something that's curable. It's not something that's like, it's done. Like I'm not a victim anymore. Even yeah. though I felt like that, honestly, like the first coaching call that I was on, I asked you, I was like, I'm in a victimhood mindset. Like, how do I get out? And I felt like it literally a light switch went off and I was like out of it, but it's not like it just goes away. Like those feelings come back sometimes, you know, yeah. Oh, but you have sure. to, yeah, but you have to realize like you have to be able to recognize it and then release it. Right. Right. You know, and it's, and it's interesting because I also think you were really, you know, you really were onto something when you talked about recognizing that the way you were thinking, what you were believing also had an impact on how you were behaving because you were talking about how this was affecting the rest of your life because, you know, people love to think, oh, well, I can compartmentalize, you know, the fertility journey and I can try to be like Batman in every other aspect of my life. Right. (laughs) Wishful thinking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, and, and I think it's such a powerful thing to recognize. So, I mean, even you articulating that I think is going to cause a lot of light bulbs to go off because, you know, and I think it's also important to point out here that you, even in the way you're talking about victimhood, it's not, you're not, it's not criticism. It's just more self-awareness. Yes. It, you know, cause like we all have moments. We all Absolutely. have moments. Yeah. So, Absolutely. so this IVF worked. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, what it was like for you to be, cause I think you also bring up a great point about being willing to receive help. Like, mm-hmm. how did you change your mindset around that? It was hard. I'm not going to lie because I, I'm a person who I, I can ask for help. Like in my job, I'm, I don't, I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and spin my wheels. And I kind of felt like, you know, why is this not trickling into like the fertility? But it came back to, I mean, really what it came down to was that self-doubt because don't get me wrong. My work has great fertility benefits, but they only had for IVF. Well, I was, I aged out of having an IUI. So (laughs) I couldn't even do that. I turned 35 and they were like, they were like, you got to pay for that. And I was like, no, thank you. (laughs) Like not, not a good enough percentage of it working for me. I was like straight into IVF. Um, but it was the self doubt of like, I only have two egg retrievals and two transfers lifetime covered. And it was like, I'm going to spend all this money. And what if the first one doesn't work? Then what if the second one doesn't work? Or like, what if the egg retrieval goes well, but like the first transfer doesn't work because we often hear so many times that the, you know, the first transfer doesn't work for whatever reason. And then I only have one more. And like, I want to have more than one kid. And then I'm going to be real out of pocket. (laughs) And it was just like this spiral, you know, before like even anything happened. 
but it was more so like, where am I going to find the money to do this? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, and you go down this huge, what if rabbit hole, you know? And I really had to take a step back and like, honestly, once I heard that interview that you had with that one woman, I was like, I think that's when the light bulb went off. And I was just like, I got to let go and like, accept that this is where I am in the process. This is not the end all be all, but it's the next step that we're willing to take. And I was just like, fuck it. We just got to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think I I love that you're being so transparent about that. And and I want to talk to you about, I want you to share a little bit about your thought process because it's one thing to go into all the what ifs, you know, because we start, oh, what if, you know, what if this doesn't work? Or, you know, I have to spend money out of pocket. Well, it's your fucking dream. What else are you going to spend money on and invest in? Right. Right. So how did you move out of that lack and scarcity thinking? Because that is classic lack and scarcity. A hundred percent. I mean, here's the thing. I had the money to do it. And I was like, it's, it's just one of those, it's the self-doubt that's like, it's just the what ifs that, you know, we're like cycling. But at some point you just got to be like, okay, like we got to take the what ifs out because what if it works? What if it works the first time? What if you don't have to do this again? Like there are some good what ifs in there. So you have to focus on the positive and not think. And it's, again, it's like that law of attraction thing. Like if I keep thinking, what if it doesn't work? What if this happened? What if I have to do this multiple, multiple, multiple times? And I attract that. I'm like, here I am, hundred grand in debt, you know, like trying to get this baby. Like, so it really, like, I had to really take a step back and be like, okay, Jamie, calm the fuck down. Like, we've never been through any of this. We don't actually know, like, what's really going on at this point. We just have to trust the process. Yeah. Well, and Jamie, what you did is you became the woman that was willing to find out. Yeah. Rather than just being some mofo on the sidelines that's so scared of their own shadow that they won't do a goddamn thing and they just lay around in, you know, the shit pit and and being a victim, you just basically said, look, I want this bad enough that I'm willing to see what it's like on the other side. Yeah. And the one thing is like, I had to let go of all of my expectations. I had, my husband has two cousins who went through IVF. So luckily, like we did not tell, I mean, we didn't tell my parents. We didn't tell his parents. Like the only people who knew were like, very, very close circle, my bump squad, very, very close circle. And only his two cousins knew like the details of the IVF process that we were going through. Cause I was like, I need to talk about it with somebody, you know, like, I can't yeah. just like, like, I, I can't like bottle all this in. Cause it's a lot. I mean, you know, you've been through it, like yeah. a lot to process and it's a long journey. So I just had to let go. I mean, they were like telling me, you know, like when I went through my egg retrieval, you know, don't be, don't be afraid when those numbers go real, you know, like way down, you know, to get to like that day five blast. And I was just like, I have no control. You know, I can't worry about what's not in my control. And that's like a big, a big thing that I had to accept during this process. Like there is a lot that is controlled with IVF, but there, you can't control how many eggs they retrieve. You can't control how many make it to day five. You can't control if that embryo sticks when you have the transfer. Like 
I was like, I'm not going to worry about all this. Like, it's not worth my time sitting here and going, what if, like, what if it doesn't work? And I get that call and like, it's just like, no, like, I'm not going to stress myself out over it. Like I did what I did. You know, the only things I can control is my diet, my exercise and like my lifestyle. And And what's going on up here? Yes, exactly. So I was like, I can't, like, I'm not going to sit here and stress myself out. Like during the two week wait, I thought the two week wait was going to be awful. I was like, it really wasn't that bad for me. But like, again, because I wasn't sitting there like, when am I going to test? When am I going to test? Can I test now? Can I test tomorrow? Like, it's going to be too early. Am I going to get a negative? Like, I was just like, I'm just going to go in for my blood test. Let them tell me. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let's talk about how you got to that place though, because I want to make sure that you get credit where credit is due because you did the work, Jamie. You didn't just, you know, you, when you came into this program, I remember our our very first conversation and, and I also remember what, you know, you were very clear about how you wanted to be. You knew what you wanted for yourself and you created that because you did the work. So just start off by telling us what was it like? to invest in yourself in this way to say, because a lot of people end up saying, well, I can't do that because I'm going to do this. You know, you were, you were somebody that said, Hey, I'm willing to do everything it takes to get to this place. So start us off with that. What was it like to, to take the time and make the investment in yourself to be working on this piece? I mean, it's worth every single penny because if I was in, if I was still in the mindset that I was like when I came into your program and I went into IVF like that, I don't think we would be talking right now. I really don't think so. I mean, the one, like one of the biggest pieces I took away from your program was doing a journal and a gratitude. And this is actually my second one because I filled up the first one. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that's so good. Yeah, so I did, I don't, I'm sure you've probably heard of it, but the 369 manifestation method. Oh, basically I would write the same affirmation. I would do it three times in the morning, six times in the afternoon and nine times at night. Sometimes it felt like a chore, but I was like, this will put me in the right mindset. And I would just like write out, you can't really see it, but you know, I would write like everything happens for a reason. I can't wait to meet my baby. You know, I'm so excited to be on this journey. Like just things, you know, And like when I had my egg retrieval, like the day I had my egg retrieval, I'm like, I'm fertile as fuck. Like, I think that one I use a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So, you know, just, yeah. um, Just any kind of affirmation that I could think of, you know, when I was waiting to hear how many made it to day five blast, you know, I'd be like, you know, my my eggs are so fertile or my eggs are so mature. My eggs are beautiful. Like, just anything to bring some sort of positivity into a piece of my day. Yeah. And I still do it today. Like I'm still doing it throughout my pregnancy too. Yeah. Cause you're smart. Cause you're a smart yes. woman, right? <laughs> you know, and I, and I love the humanity that you're bringing to this because a lot of people get into this idea that manifestation and mindset and the way that you show up and the way you shift your perspective is just woo-woo nonsense. Right. But the reality is, is that it's actually quite logical and linear because think about what you've shared. I mean, you went from PCOS, 
you know, hearing, you know, not having a period for a while, then having, you know, only four, I think you said four periods in a year Mm -hmm. to hearing, you know, scary diagnosis, you know, and all this stuff. I mean, by you making the conscious decision to change and to get your mindset on board with all of this, it makes sense that by the time you went into IVF, that you could do it with a clear conscience and you could do it with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you, and I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to, you know, impress anybody by, by saying this, but like, I fucking crush the IVF process. Oh, I don't right? doubt it. Like, I mean, my egg, ret- like they retrieved 42 eggs. I mean, I'm like, I'm clearly, I'm not infertile. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, and I think, you know, what, like, I just, I surrendered all the expectations I had for each process. Right. So, you know, when I, after I have my egg retrieval, they're like, we'll call you in a week to tell you how many made it to blast. I'm like, okay. So I was expecting a phone call a week later. I got a phone call, like, I guess it must've been five days later. (laughs) And they were like, you have 14 that made it to blast. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Like I could literally have a football team if I wanted to. And I'm like, but I wasn't expecting the phone call. So I wasn't like, I didn't have any nerves when I, you know, see my fertility clinic call. And then, so, you know, then the next step was testing them. And I was like, okay, test a bunch of them, test whatever. And they're like, okay, that'll, that typically takes two weeks. I'm like, no problem. Like, again, I'm not going to sit here and worry about it. Like, there's nothing I can do about them. You know, they're testing 10. So hopefully like a few are normal. And again, that day, okay, so that day, I'll tell you because there's a story behind it. So I'm sitting in my, my office right here. My windows are open and I hear this cardinal that has been around me, like this whole process. And I'm sure you know, cardinals appear when angels are near. So my, gram- my great-grandmother has been somebody who has been sending me signs throughout this whole process. And so I, I hear this, I hear the Cardinal, I look out and I see a female Cardinal with it. And I was like, never seen the female one. I've only seen the male one. And, um, literally after I see them 30 minutes later, I get a phone call from my clinic and they're like, all of your eggs are perfectly normal. Wow. Yeah. So I know that's going to sound a little bit crazy to some people listening to this, but I am a big believer of signs and looking for signs and being open to seeing them. And so my great-grandmother sends me feathers. I, Roseanne, I can't tell you how many feathers I have seen throughout this whole process. I can't tell you how many times I see 1111. Now it's like, I mean, almost daily at this, like going through this whole process, I was seeing 1111 everywhere feathers everywhere. I mean, I think I told you even during when I was doing the program, I came downstairs into my kitchen one day when I was feeling extra like sad or emotional or whatever. And there was a giant bird feather in my kitchen. I don't have birds. I I don't own birds. I think I remember you saying something about that. Yeah. Well, but see, Jamie, like, here's the thing, like the thing I love about What you're sharing is you are an otherwise rational, logical, and linear person. And what you opened yourself up to was possibility and and understanding that 
this journey is not just about numbers and statistics. It's so much bigger than that. And and you opened up, you know, the side of yourself that was willing to see the signs everywhere. Because you know what? The only reason why people don't see signs is they're not willing to see them. Right. Yeah, you have to be willing to see them. Because they're fucking everywhere. And, you know, and it's funny because just like, I love that you fucking love you. I can't, I, can't, I mean, I, I just love that we can have this, this candid conversation about that reality because, you know, people think they're not intuitive. People think that they don't have connection to something higher, but the whispers and sometimes the shoves that we get on this journey. Yes. You, I mean, if your eyes are fucking open, you've been, you've been being told for so long, something good was coming for you. You just weren't willing to see it. Yes. And actually that reminds me of, so in between, so, so after I had like my, my egg retrieval and you're going to, you're going to love this. So (laughs) I go in middle of uh, September and I'm getting lining checks at this point to set up my transfer. And I remember going in on a Monday morning and I have been hopped up on like the highest doses of all the medications to get my lining to the perfect point, right? Which for the fertility clinic is like seven and a half and above. And I'm at a six and I'm, my window is getting smaller for this transfer. And my doctor is like stoic at this point. I can't read his emotions. And he's like, you know, you really haven't gone past your lining has really not gone past six throughout this whole journey, you know, and you've been on the highest doses of everything. He's like, we could just go for it or we could, you know, wait another month and try something else. And, oh, I went back into spiral mode for like a hot second. I go home and I'm just like, oh my God. Okay. What if I go through with the transfer and it doesn't work and I only have one more transfer cover and like, here goes the same stories over and over again. So luckily I caught myself. I texted my husband's cousin. and I was like, I'm spiraling, please help me. <laughs> and so I got on the phone with her and she was like, did they give you any, any reason why six millimeters was not going to work? And I was like, no. And she goes, sometimes you just got to let go and let God. And I was just like, She's like, you, you could wait another month and be having the same conversation. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I, you know, I took what my doctor said and like, he said, you know, I hadn't gone past six throughout the whole process. So like, what? Like, maybe this is where my body's just going to be at. So in the meantime, I'm getting, I get an email. I get like daily tarot cards sent to my email just, you know, for fun. And that morning I had gotten one that said, like, you're going to have, you're going to like make the right decisions today, or like, you're going to have some hard decisions to make, but you're going to make the right ones. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Then at like five minutes later, I also get like motivational quotes sent to my phone. <laughs> a notification pops up. It is a one word motivational quote. And it says, begin. And I was like, it's a fucking sign. Like if this, the sign of all signs, I was like, I just got to do it. You just got to do it. I, I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't ignore this. Like I, <sighs> I can't ignore this. Wow. So I did it and it, it worked. <laughs> I know. Well, so how far along are you today? I am 14 weeks, two days. And here's the kicker, Roseanne. Here's the part that I hadn't shared with you yet. 
that I was waiting for this interview to tell you. And that IVF worked so well that that embryo split into two and I'm having twins. like every you are a rock star this is like every woman's dream it was let me and let me tell you because I don't know if you know the statistics on this but so it there is literally a two percent chance of a day five embryo splitting into twins and what my doctor told me is that when when an embryo splits, it typically happens between day one and day three. It happens very early. He's like, we don't know the phenomenon or the data behind this happening, but there's a 2% chance. So I'm in the 2 percentile of having IVF identical twins. I'm telling you, woman, God universe source is good, is good all the time and is smiling upon you. Wow. Oh my gosh. My heart is beating so fast. I'm like, oh. Jamie has been like dying. I was like, I cannot wait to tell Roseanne and drop this bomb on her. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I just, you know, Jamie, this is such, this is such a powerful story to be sharing. So let's talk about, let's start digging into what you would want women to know because it can get so dark and so bleak on this journey. And yeah. It can seem like the things that you and I are talking about are just woo-woo fluff, that none of this matters, that science is going to save me, that, that I can't trust myself, I can't trust my body, you know, because look at where the hell you, I mean, you did this fast, woman. You did this <laughs> fast. You, you started October 2020. Mm-hmm. It is December 2021. And so you went from, is this ever going to happen to me to being pregnant with fucking twins Yeah, <laughs> that you had a 2% chance of having yep. in less than a year. Yeah. So what would you want these women listening to know? Mindset is everything. If you even like, if any woman is listening to this and you have resonated with any kind of dark feelings that I have shared on this journey, if you've ever felt like a victim, if you have ever seen those pregnancy announcements and gone off and bawled your eyes out or needed, you know, blocking people is totally fine and completely for that. But if it's affecting you to the point where it's like affecting you on a daily basis, like just go into Roseanne's program. (laughs) That's it. Like, like she will kick the shit right out. And I will say this at first, when I found out it was like, like a group call, I was a little apprehensive because I was like, like, I don't know these women. Like, like I'm barely okay with my journey right now, you know, because I was like in a broken state at that point, but I absolutely loved it because I learned all these nuggets along the way because everybody's on a different point on their journey during that program and in different weeks of the program and like picking up nuggets from everybody or like finding somebody you super relate to and you're like, oh my God, I'm not the only one going through that. Or like, it's just, it's so eye-opening. 
And, you know, and infertility is just something that is not talked about enough. I can't tell you like before I joined your program, like I didn't talk about it with anybody and it was internalizing. And there I was like being a victim in every aspect of my life. And I was just like, what in the fuck? Like, I can't be like this anymore. Like I didn't like who I was. I didn't like feeling like that on a daily basis. I was like, you need to get out of this funk and we can all do it. Yeah. It's just training your mind. Yeah. And, and, you know, but what was it in you that said, I am going to get out of it? Because plenty of people talk a whole lot of shit about wanting to change a whole lot of shit, but they don't do shit. Right. So what do you think was the catalyst within you? Because there had to have been something in you that knew that was something more was possible. I think like there was just so many unanswered questions. Like I had, you know, found I had PCOS, but like, was I really not ovulating during that? You know, like I, I wasn't even, I wasn't even sure. Like I, you know, I was doing all like the LH testing and like my LH would surge, but like, of course that doesn't necessarily mean you're ovulating. I was like, oh, there were just so many unanswered questions. And I was like, well, if I can control anything, I can control my mindset. And if I'm in a better headspace, then I'm going to go into whatever needs to happen next in a better mind space. Yeah. And like I said, like if I went into the IVF, like my first IVF round, I'm so, so fortunate that it worked on the first one. Like I, you know, that is not the case for everybody. But like if, if I had gone in with a negative mindset and being like, oh, this is probably not going to work for me or like, still being the victim of my own life. I mean, I'd probably be on my second round of whatever right now. Wow. You know, I I really honestly don't think I would be here. Wow. Wow. I mean, and I think that's incredible because it just takes such a strong sense of self, like even in a victim place to say, motherfuckers, I'm not settling for this anymore. Like I really, I want something better. I want something better for myself, my family the children I will have, you know, I don't want to pass this along because think about it, Jamie, this is, you're going to be able to pass this along to your fucking twins. I know it's going to be a wild story. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, and you know what? It, it also, like, I remember at the end of the program, I remember you telling me that you would be on this podcast. Oh yeah. I told you, I was like, I'm going to be on your podcast. And I remember like the next time I emailed you, because I bought my car last year. I bought my bigger car. Yes. See, you're preparing. What I didn't know was going to be twins. Like, thank God I got a bigger car. But when I, when I emailed you, I was like, the next time I email you, I'm going to email you a positive pregnancy test. And then in the meantime, I had emailed you something else, but I was like, okay, but next time it's going to be a positive pregnancy test and we're doing the podcast. And it just so happened because I was like doing the, the math, like when I found out, I found out I was pregnant like October 6th. And I think I started your program like the middle of October. So like, yeah. I just made that cut. I was just like, ah, it happened in the year. Like I was so excited. I was just like, oh, yes. Well, but see, that's the power. I mean, and I love that you raised that because I think that's an important thing because you made a promise to yourself, Jamie, that you were going to change. You were going to be different. You know, you always hear me say, you know, if you're, you know, if you're 
intending to be pregnant in the next 12 months, join us. And that's exactly what you did. I mean, you, this is not unusual. When a woman (laughs) makes a decision, she's going to be, you know, one, you said you were going to be on the podcast. You fucking did it. Two, you said you were, you know, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm intending to get pregnant in the next 12 months. And that's exactly what you did. I fucking did that shit. Wow. So, so what's the biggest thing that you learned about you in this? Ooh, I mean, it takes a lot of self-awareness to go through this. It takes a lot of like, you really, you really, really just have to let go of your expectations through the whole thing. It made me realize that like, I, I just needed a little bit of help. I needed, I needed the science. Right. Yeah. But I mean, and it wasn't a bad thing. Like, yeah, I always thought like IVF was like, I won't need to get there. I don't, you know, like, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. Like pushing it off, you know? And as soon as I surrendered and I was just like, we got to go, like, we got to do it. We got to do it because I'm only getting older and not that that's a bad thing. You know, I'm, I'm 35. I'm going to have these kids when I'm 36, but now I'm going to have two kids by the time I'm 36. So like, I just think it's brilliant, but you're also living proof of, you always hear me say mindset elevates medicine. Oh yeah. You, You gave yourself an opportunity to cover all of your bases, Jamie, you know, and that says a lot about you. It says a lot about what's in your heart that, you weren't going to cut corners. You weren't going to skimp. You weren't going to, you know, take a shortcut. You really wanted something different for yourself. And that's exactly what you created. Yeah. And, you know, I think it took me a while to get there, but like I said, I'm able to recognize when I need a next step. And, you know, when I found out, when I got this diagnosis of PCOS in January, 2020, tried a couple of Clomid rounds that didn't work. I'm like, Okay, what's the next step? Then I found my friend who works with women with PCOS and endometriosis get on these medicines. I'm like, okay, my cycle is more normal. I was having like 35 day cycles, which in my mind was like fantastic because I hadn't had a 35 day cycle in a year. Uh Um, And it was like consistently 35 days. So I was like, okay, perfect. But like, we're much better. We're at a better point, but it's still not working. What do I need next? And I was like, the only, like the, the thing I'm missing right now is the mindset. And so that's why, you know, I remember like having that initial interview with you and you're like, here's the cost you're in, you know, you're a hell yes, or you're a hell no right now. And I was just like, fuck it. We got to do it. Like, I feel like that's been my motto through the whole thing. It's just like, fuck it. We got to do it. See, that's the thing. I mean, that's another thing that I want to give you a lot of credit for is you made a fucking decision because we as women, one of the most horrific things we do to ourselves is we fucking spin. Oh, yeah. It's either you're in or you're out. And especially on this journey, you've got to just go. You have to make a decision because it is so easy to spiral. It is so easy to spin your wheels. It is so easy to just like blame yourself or go, why me? Why is this happening to me? Like, what's wrong with me? But it's like, nothing is wrong with me. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't have the perfect like womb odds to carry one, let alone. And, you know, one decided it was too good to be one and it split into two. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. that was something that I was not, ex- nobody was expecting. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. 
I think that's absolutely brilliant. And you're teaching us a really powerful lesson because it isn't even about the numbers, Jamie. You went from 42 to 14 to 10. And and you also had the challenge of your lining being less than ideal at six. But now you're pregnant with twins. Like I hope that every woman listening to this is being blessed that anything is possible. Like absolutely anything is is possible. Yeah. And to be willing to be the woman that's the outlier, right? Like be willing, even if they tell you, oh, you got a 99% chance of this, be the 1% or in your case, the 2%. Right. (laughs) You know, I mean, I, I just be willing to do the work, put in, you know, get your back into it and just make a decision that, you know, that desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was fucking meant for you. A hundred percent. And like the one, the one thing that I did not focus on that helped me was the numbers. Yeah. Like, you you know, because IVF is like, oh, like at this age, you have a 77% chance of it working. And after that, it, you know, whatever it is, like, I did not want to spiral. I did not want to even go into that. I'm like, I'm not gonna like, not to say like I didn't do my research, but again, they're just numbers. Right. And oh, from, you know, good. if anybody has listened to any other of your interviews on your podcast, they will know that like numbers don't mean shit. You yeah. know, like you got pregnant naturally at 42. Numbers yeah. be gone, you know, like, yeah, they're just numbers. It's just data. Like, you know, I'm considered a geriatric pregnant person because I'm 35. It's just a fucking number. Like, sure, I don't like being called geriatric, but But it's it's insane. I mean, it's just insane what, you know, what gets put out there. You know, you know, the intention is probably good, you know, but and it's something to be aware of for sure. Right. But you get to decide what your perspective on this journey is. You get to decide how you experience it. And bless you, Jamie, for sharing your story with us here today and, and really giving, you know, the women all over the world that are going to be listening to this, an opportunity to see a different possibility, to see a new possibility for themselves. And I'm just so honored and excited for you, like honored to have been with you and honored to just have you share this story. Cause I think you're going to be changing somebody's life today. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me on here. Again, I was like, I was determined to be on here. I was determined to share my story because again, infertility is not talked about enough out there and don't even get me started on what they teach us in high school about, you know, you have sex, you'll get pregnant and die. Like, you know, that mean girl stuff like that. Like, I just can't get over it because we, you know, so many women have so many issues later in life, but we can, we can get over it. It's, it's a hurdle, but I, I really think, in, and I'm not a super religious person, but God doesn't give the, you know, certain people what they can't handle. And I felt like when I got on this journey, I was meant to be on this journey for whatever reason, but I am so glad that I was able to share it. Um, Cause I've been very, very quiet about it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. glad that um, you allowed me to be on here and share my story. And you best believe I'm going to be sending this out to people because I don't want to explain it a billion times. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, oh, I'm, I, you know, 
I am so delighted that you have this double blessing because you did the work. You put yourself out there. You refuse to be a victim. You refuse to stay in that victim state. You overcame your saboteurs and you decided to be the woman that saw what it was like on the other side. So thank you so much for being with us, Jamie. And keep sending me those pictures. I can't wait to see those twins. I will. Oh my God. I will. You best believe it. The next yes. emails you're getting, they will be pictures. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't freaking wait. So thank you again, my love. Thank you for the generosity and just know that you're making women all over the world smile right now. So thank you for thank that. You. Thank you. And I just love you so much. And I will obviously continue to listen to your podcast because I think it's genius and so oh. much gold in there. Oh, well, I love you too, woman. So, and I, I just know that there's going to be big stuff coming your way. So keep going, keep going. That's and- right. We're going to keep going. OMG loves, didn't you just freaking love Jamie? So much inspiration on so many fronts. I, you know, and then that twist, ah, sometimes my ladies get me and they throw in a twist, but it's just incredible what is possible for a woman when she steps into her power and refuses to be a victim. You know, Jamie was, was facing so many different things on her journey. She had tons of temptation to cut corners, to shrink back, to agonize over money and freak out. But what did she do? She kept choosing forward motion. She was acting like a woman who succeeds. And if you remember from the interview, she even went out and bought a car with the expectation that she would put a baby in there. <laughs> Little did she know that she was going to be put in two. That is the power of a woman who learns to think, believe, and take action like a woman who succeeds. Knowing what was at stake with her IVF cycle, she sure as hell was not going to show up with that janky mindset. She was going to do everything she could to cover her bases. And today, she's got results that 2% of women get. You get to be your own insurance policy for success, mamas. And if you want to learn what I taught Jamie, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say, hell yes to covering their bases, mind and body. So you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. I work with women who are committed to success, just like Jamie. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybe2baby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodology has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results, like you heard today, speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you gotta keep it all in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Don't let your mindset be the weak link, baby. Think about what's at stake. Show up like a woman who wins. Mind and body work together, baby. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.